The ARA acknowledges the traditional owners of the land where we have recorded this podcast, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to the Elders past, present and recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders as Australia's first traders, who utilise a sophisticated network of trading paths that have facilitated the exchange of goods, knowledge and culture for millennia. Hi, I'm Paul Zara, CEO of the Australian Retailers Association, and welcome to Retail Therapy, a podcast proudly brought to you by American Express. The ARA is Australia's largest and oldest retail association, representing around 7,500 independent national and international members. Each episode, I'll be chatting with a leader in Australia's retail industry right here in the Amex Lounge, including the CEOs of some of the biggest retailers in Australia and across the globe. We'll be finding out what makes them tick, what defines their leadership style, and how they got to the top of their game. So join me for some retail therapy as we ask these questions and more and navigate our way through the retail industry, Australia's largest private sector employer. For more information about the work we do at the Australian Retailers Association, head to our website, retail.org.au. Let's continue our look back on the best of season one of Retail Therapy and focus on sustainability, which is becoming an increasingly important issue for retailers. When I asked Nicole Sheffield on what role retailers are playing in driving better outcomes for sustainability, this is what she had to say. Oh, and she told a great story about setting the Australia Post Sustainability Pledge in early 2020. I think it's absolutely critical. And we've seen, you know, we ourselves set ourselves some ambitious 2020 targets and we've managed to achieve those. So now we've got 2025 targets that are even more ambitious, but I feel confident that we will get there. But it's a commitment and that's really about, you know, what, you know, it's your carbon footprint, how you're reducing it, um, where you're, whether you're going to get to zero net emissions or what we're going to reduce to. Yes. And then, of course, for us particularly, we deal with a lot of packaging and la- packaging is landfill. And I think we have to get really responsible. And I'm really pleased about the growth of, I mean, we literally sell out of compostable packaging all the time. Right. You know, we've seen some really innovative retailers push us over a year ago now, like Country Road, to say we want to, you know, um, look at biodegradable and compostable packaging. Um, I think the other thing is that we made a pledge, or I, I made a pledge January last year, we were at the fun time. So it was just before COVID hit. Who knew that a fun time was going to Canberra and joining the Prime Minister's Plastic Summit? But we went and uh, and it was funny. All of these FMCGs were getting up and making these really ambitious pledges. Like Unilever got up or was at Procter & Gamble and said, Tresemme packaging will be made from this type of content. Right. We'll be able to put it into bins and da, da, da. And my team had given me this pledge that was quite benign. It was, we commit to being a responsible, um, you know, like corporate. Yeah, and I just chucked it away. Yeah. I thought, this is rubbish. You know, it's like yeah. that maths episode where she goes, he says, I love you. She was going to break up. She said, okay, let's give it a go. And I, was <laughs> like, and I made a pledge and I said, by the end of 2021, Australia Post, all of its Australia Post packaging will be hundred made from 100% recycled content. And everyone cheered because that was massive, right? Well, we do a lot of sagittals. Then I sat down, I looked at my phone and my phone was exploding because <laughs> everyone at Australia Post goes, how are we going to process that on machine? I'm like, it's January 2020. I said the end of 21. We've got two years. So I'm happy to say we're at 80% now. Wow. Which is That's, fantastic. That is truly amazing. It is fantastic. And the team are working hard. And I think we will achieve that. And I guess that's what you've got to be thinking about. Where can I make 
a big difference yeah. because there are so many things that need to be fixed. Yes. And as retailers, we I think we have a number of things to play. We have the role to play, which is responsible delivery of the products that are being consumed and mm. how we can deliver that and where these products are made and how they're made and telling the journey, telling the story of that journey. But the other part that we play is actually making sure that we're transparent and almost educating our buyers and hopefully attracting buyers that are really interested in the role that you play in helping the planet. Um, It isn't easy to do because our business is on consumption, right? Mm. And the whole concept of consumption is more, more, more. And yet actually the whole purpose of sustainability is less, less, less. But if we can drive that balance, I mean, we have a partnership with Red Cycle, um, which allows you to recycle your soft plastics, um, so does Coles and Woolies, and you take them to these big bins and got them in quite a number of outlets across the country. We're focusing more on regional Australia. Now, the great thing about that is you take your plastics and you get them recycled, but they've got to be made into something. Yes. And so during the bushfires, we uh, purchased um, quite a number, I think it was over 12 parks, we've furnished them with new park benches and they were made out of the recycled satchels. Amazing. I know. So now we're working on an RFP with Red Cycle to see how do we actually make our new um, bench tops, our countertops in our post offices or our wall slats out of recycled satchels. So it's actually the satchels themselves. Because if you don't, the other thing we can recycle, but what are they getting made into and are they actually practical? And so I think as retailers, we've got to be smart at every level of that chain. Next, I spoke to Sarah Hunter about her passion for sustainability and some of the initiatives that are happening at OfficeWorks. Yeah, I am. Um, this is this this one's super super close to my heart. You know, it is Paul because we talk about it a lot. Yeah. Um, I just and it's been a theme in my career, which I kind of didn't really realise until I actually got into retail. I really passionately believe that we all need to leave the world a better place than the well we found and that that we have a responsibility for our children and their children and our children's children. And we are custodians of of this land or in the case of us as uh, in Australia, you know, we look to our First Nations people as custodians of the land and we need to support and embrace everything that they can teach us about how we do that. So, I feel genuinely um, that this is an important part of, it's an important part of who I am. It's going to be an important part of any business that I lead. And our team and our customers tell us it's extremely important to them. So therefore, we should listen to them and embrace the opportunities that creates. And I think retail, because we are one of the largest employers as an industry and also one of the largest influences as employers of young people as well, we have a real opportunity to drive change and step up to the plate in areas where, unfortunately, our governments aren't mm. right now. Mm. So uh, I think we should we should lead with our chins. We should lead by example. We should make commitments like we have about uh continuing to accelerate our recycling about planting trees so if you come and buy paper-based wood fiber products at OfficeWorks we plant two trees for every one purchased amazing so so you can come and buy your books or your paper from OfficeWorks and know you're making a positive difference and it isn't just planting trees for the sake of it it's actually restoring habitat through our relationship with restoring Australia which has a knock-on impact. For example, Mm. we were planting last year on the Barrier Reef, which stopped silt into the Barrier Reef. 
And the barrier reef is one of the most precious things we have in the world and we have a responsibility to protect it. You know, similarly, we're now planting on Kangaroo Island. We're planting in the bushfire-affected areas in New South Wales, coupled with our commitments around carbon and climate and then just doing business well and sensibly. So reducing plastic. I hate single-use plastic. Mm, truly, truly impressive. I, I didn't know all that. Um, uh, it, it just goes to show lead, the leadership for OfficeWorks demonstrating this area has been significant under your, your time. So that's an amazing um, outcome. And I guess there's lots still more to do, right? So it doesn't just start Eight and stop more. here. <laughs> yeah. No, it doesn't. And, you know, I think... The, the whole concept of the circular economy is one that retail can really embrace. And so, depending on which part of retail you're in, I just encourage you to have the conversation about what more you could be doing yes. uh, in your workplace to really drive uh, a, a better outcome for our people and our planet. It was clear speaking to Mike Schneider that there's a lot of movement in the sustainability space at Bunnings. Let's hear what they're doing. Another really important uh, area of work for us. So, you know, there's, there's two parts. This one is, you know, establishing strong credentials as a business and then secondarily through the products that we sell. On the first, we've made a we've made a commitment to be 100% renewable energy by 2025 and we're well, well advanced on that. Some of that is um, purchasing green energy, but some of it, you know, the, the real focus is on generating energy ourselves. So 74 of our Bunnings warehouses now have um, solar uh, panels installed on their, their roofs. Amazing. Uh, our plan is to be over 100 warehouses this financial year. We're changing construction um, specifications to, 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 to sort of lower the, the energy requirements on our stores. Uh, we've moved to LED. We're, we're retrofitting all new stores get um, energy efficient LED lighting, but we're retrofitting the whole fleet uh, on things like that to reduce reduce the draw. So th- those are the sorts of things that are really important for us as a business in operating. They're the right things to be doing. It's the right time to be doing it. On the product side, I think we've had a strong position uh, for as long as I can recall on sustainably logged timber. So FSC and PFSC timber are. Uh, requirements to, to sell product. And it's not just a timber you find in the timber yard, it's a timber that goes into um, a wooden finish on a, on a light fitting or um, a piece of furniture for your backyard. So that that discipline runs through the business. We've got a lot of work happening with our suppliers to reduce packaging in its entirety, but also go to 100% uh, recyclable packaging by 2025 as well. And we're currently looking at um, you know, where are the different changes in chemical compounds that, um, you know, do have an environmental, environmental impact? So neonicotinoids, as an example, uh, in some of our gardening products had some risks around bee communities. And, and you know, for anyone who understands the role that a bee plays within the, the overall ecosystem, it's actually an incredibly important one. So, you know, eradicating that sort of chemical. We're looking long and hard at what, what products like glyphosate mean for us as a business going forward in terms of weed killers and emerging technologies. So it is really important to us that we're thinking about that and educating our customers. You know, what we saw through COVID was a real uptick in people growing their own, you know, herbs and vegetables at home. So investing more into that space, harvesting and recycling rainwater has always been something we've we've had a, a strong interest in. So there are all sorts of areas that as a business, we've got great opportunities to improve, but have also made you know some significant inroads as well. What role does the retail sector play in leading sustainability changes? And how does technology play a part in all of this? Let's hear the insights of Pip Marlowe from Salesforce. I always thought I was pretty passionate about it, but I tell you what, my two daughters challenged me to be even more progressive around it. There is a generation behind us that deserve us doing our job to leave yes. this planet in a better place. 
And all the data that I'm seeing, Paul, is customers are also saying we want to deal with companies with values and companies who are thinking about their role in society and their role around sustainability. So I believe great organisations, especially in retail, who embrace sustainability at the core, they're going to attract um, this generation of consumers who will not just look at the product, but how you made it, the waste yeah. you created in making it. And, and that should be a competitive advantage mm. for you. You'll attract those customers. So sustainability across you know, production, packaging, supply chain, really important. Uh, we just um, actually launched a product that you called Sustainability Cloud, where we have um, organisations now help them track their, their carbon footprint and actually wow. create the right reporting and the transparency because customers are going to want to look for transparency mm. in that. And, and we do a, a thing every year with the Stakeholder Impact um, Report where we set our, our goals and we're transparent about how we do. We don't always hit them, but we own it mm. when we don't. Um, and I think a big part of sustainability right now is using digital to help you get there. So how you might track your um, your digital or your, your carbon footprint, how you might use your um, technology to make your supply chain better um, and track that, how you might take wastage out of that. So more and more we're seeing customers or organisations go direct to consumer. So still working through channels. So they're still have a, a retailer but maybe shipped direct from the warehouse and just move less, move the product around less, so it has a less of a carbon footprint. So technology is a way to still preserve the customer experience and all of that, but also you know, manage the, the process to get it where it needs to go with the lowest possible footprint. What role does the fashion industry play in the fight against climate change? Let's hear from Jay McNally, CEO of Camilla. So I think armed with that knowledge, the industry's got a particular responsibility to protect and care for the planet. Um, and the Camilla team are on the front foot in that regard. We're, we're undertaking many uh, sustainably-led initiatives. But I suppose, first and foremost, we're not a fast fashion brand. Each and every one of our pieces, as we've discussed, is crafted with the idea that it's going to become a collectible piece, and that can pass from one generation to the next. And we've also entered the rental market through a collaboration with Glam Corner. And in terms of how we produce, um, our relationship with our partner manufacturers is, is really close. And we invest in training and education with them to ensure that the, the best environmental practices are followed. Most of our fabrics are natural and they're biodegradable, in particular our iconic silks. But we're also looking um, to new innovative fabrications uh, from recycled materials. Right. For example, all of our swimwear range is now crafted from e Econil, which is a regenerated nylon um, made from ocean and land waste. And our packaging, we're just relaunching a new recycled and recyclable labelling and packaging suite across all, all touch points. And then I think from a team and customer community engagement perspective, we are, you know, we're, we're engaging in conversation with support for, you know, things like the Great Barrier Reef conservation research, the Daintree Forest preservation, and obviously that the bushfire relief and drought relief. Amazing, amazing, amazing work and effort and all, all credit to yourself, to Camilla and the team. I mean, that's amazing um, round of achievements, actually. Well, it, it, we've we've actually been receiving a little bit of help there from the ARA. Uh, uh, your new, your new enver environmental specialist, well, he's, been, he's been super helpful. Thank you for it. saying that, Jane. You didn't need to say that, but thank you very much for saying that. I, I want to look now a little bit to the future. Um, what does the future look like for an Australian designer like Camilla? What are the key focus 
areas for you at the moment? Well, we've got quite a, a modest vision at, at Camilla, which is to colour the world. Um, and that vision hasn't hasn't changed. But uh, you know, given what's going on in the world, we've maybe redefined the milestones a, a little bit. We're prioritising investment on further digital expansion and improvement. Another leader in the fashion retail space is the iconic CEO, Erica Birchtold. Let's have a listen to what she has to say about this topic. Yeah, I mean, we poll our customer base ourselves as well. And, and we did another one recently and it, it demonstrated that 40% of them take ethical or sustainable qualities of clothes into account when they're making a purchase. Wow. That was, you know, a significant increase on the last time that we served them last year. Um, and so we use data like that to rationalise what we're already doing. Um, we have um, changed our satchels to be made of 100% recycled um, product and they are recyclable as well. We've been working closely with manufacturers of our own brands to understand and, and improve the working conditions to workers. Um, we launched our uh, considered edit, which I spoke about in, in 2019, where you can shop via the different sustainability attributes that are important to you. Um, we do an annual progress report where we just have full transparency for our customers, partners, people on all of our aspirations in that space. We just released our modern slavery statement um, and that looks at the whole supply chain and steps we're taking to mitigate risk. We actually are the first major ANZ multi-brand fashion sports retailer to claim carbon neutrality in our own operations. Mm. Wow. Um, and, you know, th so there's a lot that we're doing. And, and more than anything, I just think we're a young business, a young retailer, but we shouldn't let that stop us taking a leadership role. And we want to set the benchmark on driving progress towards a more sustainable ANZ retail future. And, and so we will, even though we're young, um, take a leadership position and try and encourage everybody to, you know, just have progress over perfection. Yeah. Like, let's just keep moving forward. I completely agree. Sustainability is one of the key focus areas for the ARA heading into 2022. And as you've just heard, a key focus for the leading retailers in Australia. If you're a retailer and have a strong interest in sustainability initiatives, I'd really encourage you to head to our website and reach out to our membership team. We are working closely with our members in this space. Thanks for joining us on the Amex Lounge for some retail therapy. Make sure you subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. We can be found wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. For more information about the work we do at the Australian Retailers Association, head to our website, retail.org.au. Follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, wherever you love to connect. All the links can be found in the show notes. I can't wait to talk retail therapy with Australia's retail leaders and share these conversations with you, the future leaders, business owners and innovators of the industry.